Taco Palenque fans, we have something special for you. Try the Casero Taco now for only $2.75 Monday through Thursday. Flavor packed with premium sirloin rice and refried beans. Only at Taco Palenque. At participating locations for limited time, not valid for delivery. Other restrictions may apply. From a highly secure network of top secret locations across North America, this is the Spurs Insider, brought to you by Taco Palenque. I'm your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by Express News Spurs beat writers Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and sports editor Nick Talbot. We're going to check in with Jeff in the great white north of our 50 United States, way up there in the Twin Cities, checking in at the end of the rodeo road trip. This will hit your earbuds after your local cagers are already snug in their beds back in South Texas in the in what's already the beginning of summer. Uh, but the road trip is ending this week in Minnesota where Jeff is. Jeff is are are you ready are you ready to come home? I'll start with that. Uh yes, I'm ready to come home, but I'm I'm told it's starting summer there now. What what's going on? Uh have you lived in South Texas before? Well, I mean, uh, I've been gone. I've been gone for a while, a, a week or more. So what's since the- you've been gone, summer has started. Uh, I, I I regret to inform you that summer has started. So well, I, well I'm, I might stay here then. <laughs> you might do that. It's um, beautiful. It's beautiful out here, except for tonight. Uh, like it was like sixty in the sixties. I've never been here uh, during basketball season when when it's been in the sixties. So it's uh, summer in Minneapolis. Yeah, too. exactly. But the low tonight when I'm walking back to the game is supposed to be uh, seven Fahrenheit, seven. So well, tell, tell tell the listeners, uh, would you feel that seven or is, is the tube open? Because often uh, you don't have to be exposed to the elements when you're covering a game in Minnesota. That's uh, going to be a good question. I'm not sure how uh, uh, Tom has been here more recently than I. I'm wondering, does the tube stay open after the game and how late that is, does it stay open? You know, I just. And we lost Tom. <laughs> we will we will continue. We will get back to Tom on that a little bit. We're gonna hope. We're not gonna pause this. We're not gonna put money back through anymore. Our producer, our great, diligent, uh, effective producer. We're not gonna put him through any more uh, uh, difficulties than he needs to. We're just gonna assume that Tom did not just fall off the face of the earth, and he I- will join us again soon after Jeff talks about. What, regardless of whether or not the tube is open and you can get back tonight, uh, are the local cage where where is where is the state of the Spurs as they end this road trip, <laughs> having not won more than the uh, one and a half uh, over under that I, I set to start the the road trip. I, I just like to picture Tom was was doing this uh, podcast walking down the street and just kind of fell in a, in an open manhole like a cartoon or something. The tube was not open for him. As he <laughs> okay, I'm back. There he, yeah, is. there he is. Anyway, you want to talk about the Spurs now? Let me, let me answer your question, Mike Finger. Okay. Uh, state of the Spurs. Uh, but it's, 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 it's not good. They, they're not winning games. Uh, stop but the presses. I, you stop the presses. But we still have, we don't, we, I guess we do still have presses to stop. Um, yeah. You're looking, they're going again. We'll know the results of tonight's game. Uh, when this hits people's ears, buds already, we don't know right now, but I'm assuming they're playing the best team in the West. So probably more of the same. If the Spurs do indeed lose to the Timberwolves, it's a one win rodeo trip for the second straight year. 
Um, not good. And they started this leg after the All-Star break with two really competitive losses against some decent teams in Sacramento and the Los Angeles Lakers. Really had a chance to win that Sacramento game. They, they were up they were up five with two and a half minutes to go. And then uh, predictably, the King Stars took over. De'Aaron Fox took over, won that game. I, I really I think Utah was the, really the disappointing one. That was the one I think we all thought if they were going to get another one on this trip, that would be the one they would get. The Jazz had lost five in a row. Um, they had just lost to Charlotte, which is a team about as bad as the Spurs. And s- instead of uh, beating the Utah Jazz, they lost by 19 points. So not not good. And they, they can attempt to salvage it tonight against Minnesota. But it's just kind of more of the same, more of the same. Just a couple competitive losses, and then every so often just they they fall flat on their face. And on top of losing that Utah game by 19, it was never competitive at all, uh, which had to be even more disappointing. Yeah, it was weird. The first quarter, the first quarter, they they played their butts off defensively. Like for the first three minutes, it was kind of breathtaking to watch. They had seven blocks in the first quarter. But it's a weird first quarter when you have seven block shots and only eight made field goals yourself. <laughs> to go with eight turnovers and you're down like 15 points already. It was, a, it was just a weird first quarter and the Spurs never recovered from that weird first quarter. They, they fell down by 24. They did get it to nine in the fourth quarter and had a chance to cut it to seven. It's the same old story that we've seen all, all year long. They carve into these big leads, but never get it to where, um, you know, never get over the hump, never get back in the game. So we can go back, I think, three weeks, however long it's been since the rodeo road trip began when the uh, Spurs Insider presented by Taco Palenque official over-under for the rodeo road trip was set at one and a half. And this might sound ridiculous when y'all are listening to it on Wednesday if the Spurs uh, have gone out and, and upset the mighty Minnesota Timberwolves. But it looks like the 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 total, like Jeff said, for the road trip is one victory. If if we go back to that podcast, I think Jeff, the ever pessimist, took the under, and Tom, the ever optimist, took the over. Tom, how do you how do you feel about that? There's still a chance that that you will have been right, but I, I, uh, I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> pessimistic on this one, yeah, uh, yeah. Utah, as Jeff said, they were they lost five in a row. They lost eight of ten, I believe. So that was the one to get, and. Um, that was a night too. That was a bad night for Keldon Johnson, right, Jeff? That was a. It was a very bad night for Keldon that, Johnson. That was, it was a short, thing. short night though. Short yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, four minutes, four minutes into his uh, shift there in the in the first quarter, he gets pulled, um, basically for a slow defensive rotation that resulted in a, a four point play for mm-hmm. the Jazz. So mm-hmm. and and I, it kind of strikes me as one of those moments where pop is probably like we talked about this over and over and over and first thing you do is this so um yeah he had a seat for the rest of the game and um hoping to talk to him at shoot around kelvin didn't get him after the game the other night for reasons but tough deal i remember in training camp you know he uh he vowed to improve defensively and i guess there's been signs of that but uh overall it's been another tough defensive year for um for the longest tenured spur. Right. And overall, I'm wondering how the move to the to the bench has has sat with him. I, mm-hmm. I don't mean mentally, but just like how he's adjusted to it. He was having a really good consistent season as a starter. 
Um, and when they moved him to the bench, it made sense uh, from a lot of angles, and he seemed to take to it pretty well at first. But I think lately, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, and that will be something to talk to him about probably the next time we get to talk to him. Is I don't know what the deal is, but he he just hasn't been himself really mm-hmm. for, for a stretch of games here, and I guess that's the message Pop was trying to uh, impart to him the other night in Utah. We've gone about six minutes into this podcast without mentioning the uh, the player everybody wants to talk about, which uh, is is kind of a shock that we have that we've gone this long. Sandro Mamu. Kelashvili has not been mentioned yet, and and he was he 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 nearly brought him back against Utah the other night. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, we haven't mentioned Victor Wembanyama yet, who uh, authored one of the rare achievements in NBA uh, annals that you almost never see. I think it's happened only fifteen times in history. Some call it a five by five game. I'm trying to make people call it a nickel nickel. Uh, five different statistical, five different positive statistical categories of at least uh, five units each. This was against the Los Angeles Lakers one night after he nearly did it against the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Jeff, you were there to witness that. What was that like? Um, he's the damnedest thing. He's a, at what point are we tungsten arm O'Doyling this guy? Because it's like every game. He does something statistically that we've not seen in a long time or ever, or he just does a, has a highlight that no one's ever seen before on NBA court. And then they, you know, but the Spurs lost their fourth in a row or their fifth in a row. Like uh, at some point you'd like to see these great statistical feats turn into wins. And that's no fault of Victor Wimbanyama's. I don't want to point fingers, but I'd probably point them at the other guys, um, you know, but um yeah, he had a, he had a great quote after the after the game on the on that five by five, didn't he? And uh, um, you'll ask him about that, and he, the last play, person to do that. Yeah, it was um, it was really about it. he was all in, in addition to all of that, he was also the first player, only the only the second player in NBA history, well, since blocks have been a, have been recorded to have five steals and five blocks in consecutive games, and the other one was a was a fellow named Michael Jordan. And so you asked Victor about that after that game in L.A., and his first question was basically, did Jordan do it in wins? Like, I wonder if he did it in wins, because that's what's on his mind right now. It's not – it really. I mean, it's not, it's, not a, um, it's not surprising, but it is a window into his mindset. Like, all these different statistical milestones don't mean that much to him when the team's 11 and 47 or whatever. And so to, to make these count in his own mind, um, they need to start coming in victories is, is what he's saying. And I don't think I'm, I'm not speaking for him, but for people to take that as uh, not getting any help, I don't think he meant that at all. No, I didn't take that as that at all. Sitting, sitting no. four feet from him when he said that, I didn't take that at all. I, I, I did see that on like social media that gets in the social media world and gets jumbled around and misconstrued. And all of a sudden people are, uh, hand ringing about about Victor Wimbanyama like leaving the Spurs, and I'm like, man, it's his rookie season. Like, <laughs> let's worry about that in like four years. Yeah, something misconstrued on social media. Who would have guessed? Uh, yeah, would have guessed. Um. So we 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 we've covered Kelvin. We've covered Victor. As for the rest of the supporting cast, no one's no one's uh, acing the test. No one is. 
scoring A's and B's for their report cards this season. But just I guess this is a good moment as the rodeo road trip comes to an end to kind of check in with guys and what you what 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 the panel thinks about their 2023-24 season so far. And we will start with Mr. Devin Vassell. Has he um, progressed? Has he made the strides that the Spurs had hoped for when this season began, do you think? I think he has. I think he has, except, you know, every so often there's a clunker. Um, but they're not as often as they used to be. I think he, he has good stretches where he – you know, he's a really good complimentary piece to Victor. And, you know, they, they've worked really hard this year. You know, they've worked really hard. <laughs> that that implies there were years before. But they've worked, they've worked hard to, you know, build their chemistry. And at times you really see it. Um, you know, so, but the main thing is scoring. And, and he does that. And like I said, he has a clunker here and there. But it's... It's few and far between, um, so I think he has made progress. He's done a better job lately too of not not just I don't, I don't want to say settling for threes, but settling for threes and not trying to shoot his way out of shooting slumps. Just just fire away from deep. He gets going to the basket. He's been a little more aggressive that way, and I think that's a that's a step they wanted to see from him. And overall, I've mentioned it before. We have to realize this is his first year of really doing this. You know, being uh, a volume a volume go-to type scorer for an entire season. He did it a little last season, but he only played in like 39 games because of injuries. So there's a lot of him figuring this out on the fly. And I think people need to need to understand that and maybe give him a little bit of grade him on a little bit of a curve, uh, knowing that he's, there's going to be some rough moments and some things where he makes the wrong decision or nights where he has bad shooting nights. And, um, Give a little grace there. It's it's yeah. his, it's his first season of, of really trying to do this, and he's still a very young player. But so he overall, flashes he flashes enough in this role to where you right. say you know if he if he gets that consistency, he's going to be pretty darn good as a as that number two piece next to Victor. I mean, he still well, takes, that, he, he still takes shots that are probably too tough sometimes. I mean, I think there was a stat out there before where he takes the toughest shots in the league, or he's among the guys that take the toughest shots in the league. I don't think you really need. I think it's, that's a good skill to have when you need it, but I don't think that's something you want. That's like like a badge of honor. Like you'd rather not take tough shots and only have that have that skill when you need it as like a bailout. Um, and maybe he's gotten a little better at that the shot selection too as the year has gone. My, my follow up to that is, if this season was about determining what you have on the roster, which in large part it was, um, and finding out whether certain pieces can do certain things. And Tom just mentioned, um, you know, maybe he's on the, on the track to becoming a number two piece. I'm sort of going to take the contrarian view here, or at least uh, pose a contrarian question. Has he proven that he someday can be a number two piece or is it, and will he continue to get more opportunities to be this volume scorer that Jeff is talking about in his first season as a volume scorer, will he have a second? I I sort of wonder if maybe this season has shown that, hey, Devin Vassell could be a, a an effective number three guy or an effective, um, I don't know, just this probably isn't a great comparison, just off the top of my head, like a Buddy Heald guy who can get you some buckets every now and then, but is nobody's idea of a of a number two guy. Um, 
I, it, it's this is probably uh, a more obvious answer than uh, I'm, I'm making it seem like. Like I, it's obvious the Spurs need another superstar type. But yeah. I, I just don't think, and I'm not I'm not criticizing Devin Vassell in this way. Like there are, there aren't many superstars in the league. There aren't many one two type players in the league. I just think that um, as as much as he's come along and as many positive signs as he's shown, I don't think it's changed the fact that his best role is probably as the third or fourth guy as opposed to the second guy on a playoff contending championship contending team. I yeah, think so. that's fair. I think that's fair. But yeah, if if you're saying are you you know stick with him going forward, yes. But yeah, maybe he's not. Maybe you know maybe he's not there at that number two spot. But yeah, I think he's he's uh, he's made strides. I, I guess that's the point I was trying to make. I was yeah. kind of having this conversation last night uh, with some with some fellows over over milkshakes, and um, milkshakes, huh? <laughs> and. Um, I think um, when you evaluate a lot of the non-victor people on this roster, you got to take into account. I think everybody is being asked to overachieve. Like they're playing a little, they're being asked to play a little over their head. Um, and what you mentioned about Devin is an example of that. Like, yes, in a perfect world, he's probably your number three or somewhere along there. Um, and when he is a number three, maybe it, everything will, will fit a little better. And the same with like Kelvin Johnson, where you're just like, there's those nights where you're just like, what is he doing? Or like, he's not, he doesn't have it tonight or whatever. Well, yeah, if he, when he's your third guy, that's a problem. When he's your fourth or fifth guy, that's kind of what you expect from your fourth or fifth guy. And I think you go on down the line, Jeremy Sohan, even Zach Collins, who's had a rough, rough second half of the season. Um, even Blake Wesley's, maybe even Malachi Branham at this point, I think everybody will be okay once you slot them where they need to be slotted. And I Trey think, is a backup. Yeah. Yeah, Trey is a backup. Right. Um, everybody's just – because of the makeup of the roster right now and it's still the first season of this rebuilding, they don't have that. We lost Jeff now. <laughs> but he, he, he will be coming back. He was in the middle of a one of his rare, salient, uh, sort of interesting points, and the universe just works against us. Uh, I don't know. But, but, I don't know but, but he'll on. be he'll be back soon. I will say that um, uh, what Jeff was talking about about Devin leading the league in tough shots, like when this year he has to. But if if, at, if he's ever the number three, number four type option, and he leads the league in tough shots, um, he gets benched because because he shouldn't be taking those. Um, so that that's another way to look at it is. Devin Vassell, Jeff has rejoined us now, so he can hear what uh, what I'm talking about. But um, if 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 Devin Vassell's a third option, he won't have to lead the league in tough shots anymore. Right? Jeff, are you back? Did you fall into a manhole? He's he's still not back. He's, he's yeah, just, it's on mute or something. The thing I like mute. about Devin is he he so badly wants to do well. You know, he he clearly does, and you know that's admirable. I mean, he really, and maybe he overtries sometimes. Uh, you know, for instance, when he took that, oh gosh, I forget the game, but when he took that shot at the last second shot rather than dump it into the lane to Victor, I mean, that might have been just the case there of just wanting so badly to to fulfill his promise, you know, make good on that contract, yada, yada. Hi, everybody. Hey, Jeff. Uh, glad to have you back. 
We're just talking about how brilliant you are. Um, yeah, the one time you make a, you start making a good point, you just we just lose you. That I should stop making good points. That I learned my lesson. I'll go back to the other thing. You sort of mentioned uh, Jeremy Sohan in the middle of that, but what's his progress report at the end of the rodeo road trip say? Oh man, um, I, I, still kind of inconsistent, I would say. Um, I don't think for various reasons, I, we just haven't seen the consistent growth you, you would have liked throughout the throughout the season from him. I and mean, it started with him not even being asked to play over his head, but being asked to play out of position to start the season. But that was a long time ago. That was, and it was only for 14, 15 games or so. Like he's been back at his normal position um, for most of the season now. And it's just, he has good games and he has bad games. And maybe we should expect that for a 20 year old kid. You know, he's barely older than Victor Wimbanyama. So maybe, maybe he gets some slack cut too, but I just, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know that we've seen a lot of growth from him this year. And that may be concerning. I think that's fair. It's when you run down a list of things they wanted to figure out to start the season, it's not like they expected three different guys to emerge as cornerstone pieces. Like that, they weren't that greedy. It was like, well, well, maybe you can find, um, maybe one guy takes a huge lead. Maybe three, four guys uh, show that they can be productive pieces on a contending team. And the the issue is, um, despite what you guys said about Devin, no one really has blown you away in the supporting cast. Uh, no one has really said, wow, we found something huge here. And, you know, that that rarely happens in the league. That rarely happens with players. So it's not like these all these guys are huge disappointments. You just haven't had and on an 11 and 90 team, whatever they are, that's, that's kind of obvious, but you just haven't had that, that eureka moment with any of these guys. And uh, I'm sure they hoped for one um, when the season started. It just hasn't gotten there. The thing with Jeremy is, um, and this is no breaking news, but it's hard in this day and age to play a guy who can't shoot. Yeah. Uh, he, he does a lot of good things. He's, I still could see him as a very good uh, like connector, connective piece. Uh, rebounder um, we've seen flashes of him being a really really good defender but it's just it it hurts your offense when you have a guy that can't score from outside the paint and I think if you just had one of those guys well you might be able to to work around it but you're also starting Trey Jones who's not really an outside scoring threat um, theoretically Julian Champagny is supposed to be an outside scoring threat but I don't think anybody's really like game planning to stop him or or really is really frightened of him in the corner so um it's it's a it's a tough fit right now like if he were playing on a team with a bunch of just dead-eye shooters i don't i think his his um his minuses would be less glaring but but on on a team on the worst shooting team in the league i mean this is the worst shooting three-point team in the league um you know his 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 inability to score outside the paint really shows up in that in the way and Either he's got to improve or the roster's got to improve or hopefully both going forward. Of the top 10 in the rotation now, um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of amazing that Jeremy is in the upper half and three point percentage. <laughs> just I'm just looking at it. Yeah, like you've yeah. got you've got Osman at 30, almost 38 and that's the leader. 
Devin Vassell almost at 38. Um, Julian Champagne at 36 on, you know, not a very huge volume. And then it drops to Keldon and, and Sohan are at 33, which, I mean, for Sohan isn't terrible. It's just not, that's not an efficient uh, three-point percentage in the NBA these days. 33, that's that's below where you want to be to to be considered a three-point shooter. And then, you know, you got Victor at 32, um, Zach Collins at a just a really struggling 28.6, Trey Jones at 30. Those those numbers aren't great. And and so everything you just said about the stress yeah. that not being able to make those shots puts on everybody else, it's it definitely has an impact. And you, and you mentioned Zach. He was the other guy that got the extension uh, in October. And just uh, oh. my my heart goes out to him, actually. Like, it's just been a really – he was I thought he was really good at the beginning of the year. And over the last few months, and especially since he sprained his ankle uh, in, at the end of December, it just hasn't come back for him. And I really thought – you know, it's not the main part of his game, but I really thought he was going to – push 40% or be in the in the range of 40% from three-point range. That, that's where his career had been going every year, going up and up and up. Shot, I think, 38 last year. So it stood – and he put in so much work over the offseason on that three ball. Yep, yep. Uh, I just, it just stood to reason that he would at least be as good as he was last year, if not better. And that would that would, that would have changed a lot of a lot of the chess pieces for the Spurs if he could knock those shots. And he, But he has – is he shooting in the 20s? From three, yeah. he just looked it up. Yeah, twenty eight six. I know. I know. Going into the rodeo trip, he was like two of his last twenty six or something in February. He's actually hit some on this trip, so maybe that's coming around. But I just his whole. I, I mean, I like him as a backup center, but his whole game has kind of come apart here in the last uh, six weeks or so, and he really needs to put it back together going into the off season just to have some kind of. Good vibe, I think. Yeah, the the crazy thing, ironic thing is he, as you said, he put, and as he said, and when he talked to you this week, he put in so much work this uh, off season with him and McDermott uh, worked with player development coach Phil Beckner, and uh, you know put in all that work and it's just not paying off. Well, sometimes you put in work and it pays off. Yeah, but. sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Some sometimes it does. Like you, 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 you can gain worldwide notoriety. Like a few weeks ago, a couple maybe last week, we mentioned we have we have listeners all over this planet who are appreciating the fine work done on this podcast. And this is going to sound made up. Like I, I'm not sure I believe it myself, but uh, we I heard from a fella from uh, from down under uh, sent, who sent me an email, Alabama. And, uh, yeah, for well, even farther south than Alabama, like like a, a, a few hundred miles south of Alabama, there's this place called Australia, where the world used to send its criminals, and now there's just fine, the, the standing, world. pleasant people. Yeah, I think it's just I think it was just Great Britain, but the world. Well, the Great Britain, the the sun never set on the British That's Empire. That's true. So. They were they were a vast empire. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, along with all the history. So this, so so again, like I, I'm not sure I believe this, but the 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 kinship that this listener has with this podcast, which is hosted by a a person named after a body part. I don't know if you listeners have ever thought about that. That Mike Finger is kind of a weird name. Well, this fellow from down under is na- is named Paul Kneebone. 
like, like, like knee bone. Like, I, I don't know if that's a real name or not, but he's a huge it, fan. It clearly is not. It's clearly made up. <laughs> he says we might be distant relatives because, you know, we're, we're you know, we're part of the same. Um, we got a phalange here. We got a, we got a, a patella tendon. The I don't knee know. bone is, can I remember that old song? The knee yeah. bone connected to the- Anyway, Paul bone. says, Paul says he's an avid listener of the podcast. And this is the only reason why I'm reading this because it, it was a blatant appeal to to be mentioned on this podcast, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for it. He says, I tune in every week to hear yours, Tom's and Nick's pearls of worldly wisdom. Wait. And also, and also to hear Jeff. So Paul <laughs> Kneebone, I tip my hat to you. Uh, if that that's that was a shameless attempt right. to get mentioned on the Spurs Insider, <laughs> you did it, Mister Kneebone. Uh, keep it. Also, think about this: uh, the the Kneebone is south of the 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 phalange. You know the phalanges. The the, 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 the Australia south I'm, of us. I'm calling bull on this. You made this up. I don't know. I don't know. I got we'll a, I got an email here from Justin Tibia that says you're wrong. <laughs> the song anyway. I was looking for is Dem Bones. Dem Bones. Um, there you go. Yeah. The knee it's, bone. An, it's yeah. an Alice in Chains song. Neck bone that, connected from the shoulder bone. Shoulder bone connected from the backbone. And it goes on and on. Until you get history. You get, you get Lance history. Staley and Jerry Cantrell sang that, I think. You get um, history and music theory and uh, and, uh, the, and biology and, on this. This is This is a great podcast. We're and winding down. And a but, lot of and, nonsense. And I'm going to squeeze this into the end, even though it's probably worth a it was it was worth a longer um, segment. Um, but it's the and Jeff knows what I'm talking about here. It is the it's the death of of a theory that's been floating around the league for nine months now, uh, which I had fun with off the air away from expressnews.com didn't didn't mention it a whole lot in print I mentioned it a couple times but you'd go into arenas around the league you talk to people people like to gossip in the NBA and for uh for a while ever since this won the lottery there's been, there's been these people noting that uh that Greg Popovich is 75 years old now he might he might not coach forever uh Victor Wembanyama is the next superstar in this league everybody wants to coach him Steve Kerr the former uh, Greg Popovich, player, long time, but not did not have a contract for next year, and uh, so we had fun uh, speculating as to whether all those things could be related. Well, we could forget it now <laughs> because Steve Kerr was extended by the Golden State Warriors last Friday for two more years. So did did, did uh, Jeff? Were you sad at all? To I, I, to, I don't to, think we have to forget it. We just have to postpone it. Yeah, it's two years. Yeah, it could still happen. It could still happen. the 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 theory was that the 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 Warriors were sort of at the end. You know, the the all their players are in their mid to late thirties. They're not championship contenders anymore. Maybe that is Steve true. Would look for a way out. Uh, maybe he'd see a bigger challenge, a bigger opportunity with the team built around this young superstar. Two years maybe, from now, maybe Greg Popovich was reluctant to leave because he wanted to, he's very invested in the future of this franchise and, and he doesn't want to leave it to somebody he doesn't trust and Kerr be somebody he trusted. Uh, anyway, we, we never got to that. Do you know who speculation? Do you know who else's contract expires in two years? Is that a man called Steph Curry? Well, there you go. Well, that, so, well, that's, that's, that's why that, 
the the Kerr exactly structure so, 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 so two years from now maybe we'll be we'll be talking about this again that's just eons in nba time though like i don't i don't know you make make plans uh for a coaching change two years out i think that's sure that could come up again but uh man that's a long time anyway that that's not going to happen uh greg popovich still under contract for four more years after this one um, and we want to end a little positive, uh, part of this road trip, Jeff, you had, uh, you had, uh, found out in Sacramento that, uh, there's some sessions going on with mentor and mentee on the airplane. Uh, you know, like Jack, Greg Popovich is still coaching that Victor, like that could be the, the start of a bond there. Right. Right. There's been a, there's been a lot of that, um, lately, just Victor and pop on the iPad, um, on the flight out to Sacramento to start this leg of the road trip they showed victor clips of uh michael jordan and kevin McHale and tim duncan and kima lajuan um, kobe bryant footwork guys fundamentals guys and that's what they were working on there we were showing him there and i thought it was funny victor was like i've never seen these clips before like they're they're, they're before my time which oh, was kind of which was kind of funny um and they're also doing that in december as well yeah it's it's been an ongoing process and like um in in Utah, it was an early tip off, six o'clock, so there's no shoot around. But Pop and Victor met for breakfast and went over, went over film. And if you believe Pop's version of the story, like Pop's ready to get up and go, had his breakfast, had his film ready to go, and Victor wanted to stay and, and still pour over film of his near five by five game against um, against uh, uh, Sacramento. I got that backwards. That was in L.A. It was a back to back. There was no shoot around, and so he has the five near five by five in Sacramento wakes up that morning and still wants to go over tape of what he did wrong in the five by five by four game. Um, and so that's just a, another little window into his mindset there. He's, he, it's sometimes seems too good to be true, but he's always seems to be working, trying to improve. He's just super focused on what's the next thing he can do to get better, which, which is crazy when you look at where he already is and some of the things he's already doing. There you go. That's, that's a, that's an uplifting end of this. Uh, he's he's working there with Pop. They might be in it for the long haul. We'll be in it for the long haul, at least for the rest of the season. On the Spurs Insider, brought to you by Taco Palenque. Appreciate the sponsorship as always. Appreciate the listenership as always. For all of you out there across North America and south of Alabama, we thank you. Until next time, take care of each other and keep it real. Mm-hmm.